Hey everybody. Uh, here we have a new Ignorant Bliss, but this Ignorant Bliss is a little bit different. It's the 50th episode. It took me like four to five years to get to 50 episodes. Because I had that long break in between when I started it. And then when I, I made that episode of Morris and Khan, talking about Power Rangers and how like different Morris and Khan was. Then another long break before I started talking to Ron about making comics and being a creative in this commercial industry, especially this one that he's in. Comics, the one I guess I could say I'm partially in. Since I, you know what, to be honest, I really don't make much money. So sometimes, in regards to saying what's in the industry or not, I'm not really making no ends in it. So I'm just kind of like this outlier thing. But I guess I'm in it. Some people like this show. Some people like my thoughts on comics. You know, I, I think I might even have better ideas. In terms of like what you should listen to and what gear you should cop though more than what comics you should read because I don't know if um there's a lot of comics out here that I can actually stand stand behind. That's a whole nother conversation. For everybody who's been listening, even maybe some of the few who might listen to the real early joints, we rambling about Flashpoint and and freaking Dr. Voodoo or a whole bunch of other stuff to the point where you know we getting deep with, with Chuck Collins about um, the sentiment of the country that <laughs> we recorded before Trump was president now Trump was president and you know surprising that you know what I'm saying at least not for me for those who who's hurt by this um, take a break, gather yourselves, you know, figure out, you know, how you can maintain. Hey, it's me. It ain't no different than that Reagan Bush era, that 80 to 92. You know, some great things popped off then. Creative spaces. The whole idea of what, what hip hop was really exploded between those years, between the early days of the golden, of the original golden age, the real old school, to the new school. You know, for those people who don't know, golden age is still Curtis Blow and, you know, early LL and. G rap some of those old stuff until you get to some of the new school of stuff like the Jungle Brothers and Kane, Eric B and Rakim, Boogie Down. You know, then you get to like, you know, the <laughs> you get to the end of Bush era, we got Wu Tang kicking in the door. We got the chronic out here. House music exploded during that time. Some great movies came out then. Some great minds was, was really blowing up. It's an interesting thing that happens with certain people. Times get hard for certain groups. Causes us to make better things. 
not even saying that way it should be, but that's what history has shown us. I hope that, you know, if I continue to do this show, which I, I'm not stopping anytime soon, not from my point of view, that I can continue to do better, learn new things and make better shows. Talk to more interesting people. You know, I have my flaws. I know I haven't talked to enough women. And I want to try to rectify that. Can't be talking to dudes all the time. Uh, just try and get out there. Meet some more. To get comfortable to have a show with them. Because a lot, a lot of things from this show that I don't know if you noticed. Know it's like, it's <laughs> the reason why Ron's are here so much. Like, I've known Ron since, since 1998. We went to college together. Like, the guest on this episode, Sean Pryor, I've known him for a while, man, through CGS. It's been a minute. Um, even meeting some of the new bloods, like the Richie Pope and the Chris Kendricks. I met them, I talked to them, we just did it at a show. We have some people that I've met. Over the years, I'm just working on scheduling them. I want to get a lot more familiar with their work. I try to prepare. You know, it may not sound like it, but I try to know stuff when I talk to people. Um, as you listen to this, this episode is with Sean Pryor. Cash and Carry is about to come out. Um, it has a successful Kickstarter. A nice bit of buzz It's about to hit the stores Y'all should support that Y'all should buy that It's good We got another book out Kentucky Kaiju They done with um, Tressa Bowling And Justin Stewart Hope I didn't mess up their names But you'll hear the right ones in the episode um, So that's out That's getting promoted It's an interesting take on Kaiju And Southern you know, culture. And this one, he's about to see starting this as when I release this episode. A Kickstarter for Force, a football project um, for a country that's so enamored with football, enamored with sports. We have a, a freaking lack thereof of sport comics. I don't even understand why. You know, I don't. I don't I don't, I don't even know if there's conspiracy that makes sense of that. But this is a football comic, a professional football comic. Um, and it looks good. I um, hope you guys enjoy the music that I put in today's episode. This is the most talking I'm probably ever going to do in the intro. Um, you can follow Sean online. Sean R. Pryor is his handle on Twitter. Um, Crown Taker Studios is where he puts out his comics. You should go to your store and ask for cash and carry. You can go to crowntakerstudios.com to follow the books he's putting out. 
and I hope you enjoy. We co- we cover a lot of stuff in this episode. Like there's a moment we talk about cash and carry. We talk about force, but there's also like this long middle period where we just talk about you know other things in the culture. You know the game, music, Kanye, other stuff. Um, you can follow me on different things. Julian Lytle, L Y T L E. That's my handle on most social media. So that's Twitter. That's Instagram. You don't need to worry about Vine because it's about to not exist. Um, it's Tumblr, JulianLytle.tumblr.com. Long boxes on 22s.tumblr.com. Um, you can find me on, on Facebook. Um, I have a web page like Julian Lytle Art on um, on Facebook. Uh, the JulianLytle.com. Ignorant Bliss, ignorant-bliss.com is the URL for this show. Um, you know it's on iTunes, hopefully. It's on Google Play Music. It's on Blog Talk Radio. It's on Mixcloud. It's on SoundCloud. My hand on SoundCloud, Julian Lytle. Keep it simple. Um, if you can rate this, if you can share it, it's always appreciated. If you ever wishes to ask questions about the show, you just you can at me. There's an email address, ignorantblisspodcast at gmail.com. Um, I have public playlists. Some Apple Music. It'll be in the show notes. It'll be on the blog post. It'll be out there. It's on Apple Music and Spotify. It's easy for, for people to listen to. Like, no title, because I ain't paying them no money. Um, and yeah, I don't edit out my ums. So, I uh, hope you enjoy. I got some interesting stuff planned. At least I think. I think I got some interesting conversations planned. Uh, but, you know, everybody stay up. And have a wonderful day, evening, morning, night, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, work day, drive, train ride, plane ride, whatever. Peace.
Yo, what's good? What's poppin', fam? I'm good, fam. I'm good. How you doing? Chillin'. Just watch that lovely flash. Oh, word? All right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, nice, nice. Nice, yeah, man. I just uh, finished uh, having a, a good old dinner with Bay, and uh, she made some uh, kids, some uh, chicken cacciatore this evening. And, uh, you know, we had some of that. And I made myself a nice little drink to calm to calm the nerves. And uh, yeah, man, I'm good. Mm. Them drinks, them easy, them easy drinks. Yeah, man. Yo, yo. See, we got a Trader Joe's like down the down the way, and they got this big old bottle of uh, of ginger ale. It's Trader Joe's ginger ale, and it comes in that like type of bottle where. It's seal. It's sealable because it's got that clasp, so like it doesn't lose any of the carbonation. Hmm. So, so anytime you pop it open, you get that every single time. And um, so I get like, um, you know, I pour some some of their ginger ale in the glass, and I get a little bit of a um, little bit of bourbon, and I put a little bit of bourbon in there, and then like um, I get like this. Um, like this, like uh, it's like a bitters. It's like it's a combination of like these. It's like a bitters that you put in mixed drinks, and it's like a combination of ginger, or ginger, orange, and a couple other things put in there, and like that helps like the, with the digestive system. Mix it up a little bit, man. It goes down real smooth. You can't even taste the bourbon. Hmm. Well, I you take your word for it, because you know I only drink Sprite. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm li- right now. I'm just, I'm drinking this drink for you. So uh, you know, so like I could tell you what the taste are like, but I did have my I did have my monthly sprite uh, yesterday. Don't worry, she about to be blessed by the heavens then. Yes, 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 yeah, man. I gotta get one sprite a month, one sprite a month. So because I, I don't really drink pop, like I don't really drink pop. The closest pop I'll drink is like ginger ale, and um, but like every, but every now and then, but like even that I don't drink all the time. So um, but like yeah, if I drink a pop though, it's like sprite or ginger ale. That's it. Yeah, word. That's the stuff that joint will uh, keep you healthy. Yes. And yes. other people will be like, yo, Julian, you bugging. Like, whatever. Yo, you get a cold, <laughs> you uh, drink ginger ale. Yes. Hey, man, ginger ale and chicken noodle soup saved my life, fam. Yo, so that's, yo. I don't know who made that who made that decree, yo, but I've been, like, ever since I was little, like, yo, chicken noodle soup, ginger ale, heal you up. Now I drink Sprite, I don't even get sick. Mm. I, I know, man. I done known you for years. I ain't never heard you once be like, man, I'd take a sick day today. Julian don't take sick days. <laughs> <laughs> like, I go to the doctor for my checkups. Yeah. That's it. Like, I, like, that's the only reason I take sick days. I got so many sick hours, it's unbelievable. I think I have like mm. four months worth of sick hours. That's crazy. That's crazy. You got so many sick hours. Like if you ever leave your job, they'd be like, "Look, man, we can't, we 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 can't, we we can't give you all, all the money in sick hours that you oh, have." Oh, they don't pay out sick hours, so you just take an L. Oh no! See, see, and see if that's the case, then I'm just gonna have to take some. Uh, I'm gonna have to take some sick days every now and then. I'm like, you know what? I need to work on something creative today anyway. Let me let me just take a sick day. There you go. I go to work for the people, though. I go to work to help the people. Oh no! I understand. I do too. My job, I do too, fam. I do too. But there's some days I'm like, look, y'all driving me kind of fucking crazy. So uh, <laughs> uh, let me let me tell you, like I don't really feel too well. Let me take a let me take a mental health day, and let me I'll come back refreshed the next day. Yeah, maybe I'll start doing that. Oh yeah, trust me, trust me. 
it, it, it'll it'll be great for you. Mental health days are fantastic, especially if you have the opportunity to actually have a job that that like you know basically allots you that. You know what I mean? You know because like yo man, the everyday rigors of the nine to five can get a cat. True. True. You know, man, my man, you got how many projects you got dropping? We got we didn't know I talked about Cash and Carry last year, but that's about to come yeah. out. Yeah, the world box room. They're talking about to be out in the libraries and the bookstores, the comic book stores, and everywhere you can get it. So when exactly does that come out again? Like, yo, okay, this is what I've been told with Cash and Carry Book One. It's supposed to drop like either November ninth or November twenty second. So, um, so like the way it goes is like this. Like, like Julian, like Julian just said. Like you just said, it will be everywhere. Like if your library doesn't have it. You can go to your library and like and request it. So you know, so if they got that budget, they'll order it. Um, if you need to know what the ISBN number is for that, hit up my Twitter feed. Um, I'll have it somewhere in my Twitter feed. It might be in my pinned subject area. Um, you know, by the time this says it may not be, but trust me, you'll be able to get it anywhere. Library, Amazon, Barnes and Noble, um, comic book shops. Like this is the whole point of this joint, seventy-two pages to get it all at once to everybody at once. I don't believe in single issues for this book. Well, how many stories in the book, though? Oh, um, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say six. Mm. Um, so you got the the original the original the original uh, story that we did for the Kickstarter, which was like twelve pages, um, plus like an addition plus the, the four page story that was a bonus feature in the Kickstarter, um, plus like um, another story that's like twenty some pages, um, which is brand new. Um, and then like you know, there's like an eight page story, another eight page story. Like it's just like it's about it's, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember right, it's like six stories, seventy two pages, stories in random lengths. Um, the first two stories were written by Julie were written by Julie Speziani, they were art by Penny Candy Studios. Um, the third story was written by Julie with art with art by Marcus Kwame Anderson, and he did pencils, inks, and colors and lettering on that joint. And then the next story. Um, is one that's written by um, Julie Speziani with art by Andy Jewett, and then I got and then I got like two stories at the end. Um, one that I that like I plotted and wrote alongside with um, Chris Ludden, Chris Ludden and Ginger D, and then a story at the end that I wrote with art by Tristina Bowling. And like the last story is my favorite. Like, I like all the stories. I love the whole book. But the last story is my favorite because you also get to see basically their middle school. And, like, because it's like, um, it's like, imagine, like, remember, like, when we used to have them yearbooks and um, when we was in middle school and stuff, and they have, like, you know, the classes and the events and, like, the, all the pictures and stuff. Yeah. Like, the last, sto- the last story in that joint, like, it talks about the school. Like, you open up, you open, like, you know, so it's like, um, it's called the Mason Middle Messenger because Cash and Carry solve mysteries but they go to mason middle they go to mason middle school and so um you know so it's like the mason middle messenger and on the on like on the cover of the mason middle middle messenger it's like it has like a picture of dallas cash and it's like you know can Dal you know can dallas cash take the debate team to their first victory and like in the in the back you got like the salty girl with a frown with like a big old frowny face um looking like uh, old michaela from uh, the olympics like two olympics ago oh man and, 
and like you know because like they're about to debate and then like on like the bottom corner or like take it actually takes up a good amount of the bottom corner Inez Carey she's in a wrestling outfit because she's the captain of the wrestling team and it's like can Inez carry the wrestling team to like you know state regionals and it's got like another picture of like this um, young girl who's part of like this co-ed basketball team it's like the first ever co-ed basketball team for their school and her name is Monica Potts her nickname is Points because she gets buckets <laughs> and um, and then like it's got like another thing it's like teacher of the week but then when you open it up it's like yo, you, you see like the editorial team and then like it's like a group photo and then like you get to see like all the highlights of the week like theater bas- like co-ed basketball wrestling debate team chess team like all this stuff man and it was just fun and like it's a nice closer it's a nice closer to that book, but all the stories are cool, man. I love it. Yo, we got like a 10 out of 10 review on uh, comicsocity.com. Like, a, yeah, and like the dude, that, the gentleman that did the review, and I'm, I'm, I feel so bad because like I forget his name, and I apologize for that. He understood the whole intent of this book from top to bottom. It's like he understood everything we were trying to do with Cash and Carry. It's you know just a dope, like just like a dope mystery, com- dope mystery comics for a new era, for a new age. That's that are inclusive, diverse. You see yourself when you read these books, and it's just fun. So um, so yeah, man, Cash and Carry is the lick. November 9th and November twenty second, you can get it almost anywhere. We're at the November season. That's what people yes. gotta remember. November season. Yes, man. Yeah, this is this is it for me, man. Like I've never, for real, I never thought that it would go down like this. You know what I mean? Like seriously, I never thought it would go down like this because I was just like, yeah, man, we got cash and carry. Okay, cool. And then that next joint came around. Um, Kentucky Kaiju came around. Yeah, man. You 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 sent me that. I was like kind of wondering, like, was it a comic book? You kind of kept that under the hush hush. Like all of a sudden, you start promoting Kentucky Kaiju. With your with your peoples down there, Justin and, and Tressa. Yeah. And I was like, oh, what is what? Is, wait, you got you got country monsters out there? Like you you making up like a whole type of ecosystem of of down South American monsters? Yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this is this has been in the works. This has been in the works, Julian. No lie. Like, um, what happened? Like last like December, Justin and Tressa was like, yo, come on over. Let's have a meeting. We want to talk to you about some stuff. I was like, all right, bet. And um, they was like, look, we're going to try to do this book called Kentucky Kaiju. It's not comics, but it's not like a it's not a prose book. It's like a, basically like a, a visual illustrated field guide to like the monsters of the bluegrass. But we need a writer to write, write like, you know, descriptions and give backgrounds on all these monsters, you know, create monster names, give them weight classes, you know, height. You know, what is this monster about? Where did it come from? And all this other stuff. And it was, and I was like, how many are y'all trying to do? They was like, 50. And I was like, oh. I was like, all right, all right, bet, bet. And so they gave me, like, a list of towns and cities and, and counties in Kentucky. And I was like, okay, it's time to play with some Kentucky history. And it's time to play with these small towns, time to play with these big towns. And, like, we, man, they just, let me, they just let me write whatever I wanted. They let you go in, huh? Yeah, they let me go in. They let me go in. And, like, I ain't going to lie. When, when we first started this joint, I, like, the first, it took me, like, it took me, like, a ridiculous amount of time just to write three monsters. And and then one day it just hit me, and I just, like, broke that fear of writing. And, like, man, I just started just, like, churning these monsters out. 
And and like and then they just took those they just took those descriptions and those paragraphs and those words and they just turned turned them into like really awesome monsters. I mean, like man, we got like you know giant like a giant ant with a cowboy hat called Tex Ant, and like you know we got like a like a kaiju that's like part gear and part griffin called like Servadeath. Um, you know we got a like a massive big ass hum- humming uh, hummingbird called Humming Grim. Um, you know, man, we got this, um, king, like, we got this king otter kaiju called Marvelous Sea. So, <laughs> like, the book, like, the book is dope. Like, I love it. I love it. It's really taken off. It's taken off very well for, like, Apex Book Company, the uh, publisher that published the book based out of uh, here in Lexington, Kentucky. It's run by a gentleman by the name of Jason Sizemore. And he even wanted to work with Justin and Tressa on a book for like a very long time. And so when it came time to do this, he was like, yeah, go ahead. And they brought me on and like, I'm just, man, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of it. And the crazy thing about it is, Julian, the crazy thing about it is, is that everything that's went down with this book and everything with that publisher, because you know they're just a book publisher. This is the first time they've ever really dealt with like visual illustrated mediums. But they're a sci-fi, like prose publisher. And but still, in dealing with them, I ain't gonna lie to you, man. It has been it's been better than almost any single comic experience that I've ever had that I didn't make for myself. Really? Why would you yes. say that? Why would I say that? Okay, bet. Okay. When we turned in the book, they checked it out. They did the edit, said, yo, you need to change these things up. I was like, okay. We was all like, cool, bet. Changes were done. And then, like, I had a meeting. I had a meeting with, like, Justin and, and, um, and, Jason, and Jason Sizemore. And Jason, Jason Sizemore was like, okay, this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to print the book. We're printing X amount of copies. Then we're going to have a pre-order on our website. We will have the book on Amazon. We're working out the we're working out those kinks right now with that. But we're going to print X amount of copies. We're going to have the book available for pre-order for a whole month, and we're going to like drop the price on it. We're going to give like bonus goodies to you know to get people hyped for Kentucky Kaiju. Okay, Sean, you're a writer, right? Okay, cool. I'm going to get you some. I'm going to get you some guest posts on some popular blogs. Oh, word. Okay, bet. Yo, Justin. You're an artist. You like talking about monsters. This one site wants to talk to you about Kentucky Kaiju. Go write something for them. Same thing happened with Tressa. And and then, like, because we constantly get this stuff. It's like, hey, they're always reaching out to us. They're all like that. Apex, the people at Apex are always reaching out to us to say, listen, somebody wants to know about this book, but, book, but they want you to write a guest post. That's somebody wants you. Crazy. Yo, real talk, real talk, real talk. And by the time this airs, it may have posted by then. They reached out to like me, me, Tressa, and, uh, and Justin. They was like, "Yo, who wants to write a guest post for Tor. dot com?" Damn, for real. Tor. dot com, fam. Tor. dot com is like the that's Tor. Tor. dot com is the shit, dog. Like when it comes to like science, like science, like science fiction novels, like there's cats that's, that's writing writing like series of books for Tor.com. They have like all types of like guest blog posts. Like Tor.com is the shit. And it was like, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, are you kidding me? Like that is like that's for me. That's big league. Like you know, and by big league, I'm not talking about that Donald Trump bigly shit. I'm talking about just like legitimate, legitimate hardcore big league for like sci-fi. And um, it was like, yeah, man, they want you to write a guest post and, like, you know, talk about, like, you know, your five favorite books with large monsters, but, like, give, like, a little bit of lead up to it before that. And, like, I've never had that happen in comics before. Like, like, 
that Go promotion ahead. game is something that I don't. You know, I could be wrong. I could be mistaken. I could be so out of it that I don't know. But the fact they said they, you telling me they lining up guest posts at blogs to essentially get their customer, their, their audience to know who you are, to know about this book. Mm -hmm. It's something I don't hear about in comics at all. No, no, me neither. Me neither. Because like, yo, like say for instance, like when we did the Cash and Carry Kickstarter last year. If it wasn't from if it wasn't from our homegirl, um, uh, T. Vixen Franklin, she's the one that was like that had to reach out, that had to reach out to like Comics Alliance, to reach out to Steve Morris, and Steve Morris was like, "Yo, I want to do an interview with y'all." If it, you know, but like she had to like really, really work to get that because with Comics Man, they ain't trying to hear none of this stuff. Like they'll hear about it after you're successful. Like you know, they're like, "Hey, listen to this rags the richest story," but it's rare when like they try to get somebody on the come up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, and you got to pull teeth. You got to pull teeth to like really be heard and be seen. You know, like that's why I really appreciate that Comicsocity review because they understood what we was trying to do and they didn't just like kick us to the curb because you know because it's not like you know a Marvel DC image uh, boom book. When Cash and Carry can go toe to toe with like them, Cash and Carry can go toe to toe with almost any boom boom box book out right now. But that's another story for another time. But anyway, but no, but like Apex, Apex is about that man. Like seriously, they're constantly promoting the book. They're constantly reaching out to like these like like fiction pros, sci-fi blog sites. Like you know, they're trying to get us like television news appearances. Um, like they just put in that work, and it's not like they got a big crew. Like, okay, perfect example. Um, a few days ago, and, you know, as of this recording, a few days ago, we just had we just had a discussion and signing event at um and like it's like a it's like a mid south it's like a midwest slash south uh, book retailer, major book retailer called Joseph Beth Booksellers, and they were like located in Ohio, Kentucky, and I want to say maybe Tennessee. So they set up a thing. Apex was able to set up a thing with Joseph Beth, and on a Friday night at seven o'clock. We were at Joseph Beth. They had a big old table for us with microphones, and there was like about like there was chairs for fifty people, and we was gonna talk about Kentucky Kaiju, and we had like books on the table, and um, the head of Apex Book Company, Jason, he led the conversation. He said he asked us the questions. We gave people the answers, and um, and it was a blast, and it was packed. It was packed. It was old when it was over. Cats was lining up, grabbing copies of the book so we could sign it. The bookstore was like, yo, we didn't expect it to turn out to be like this. We done sold X amount of books already because of y'all. Thank you. And after that, they got a little, they had a little bistro in the, uh, in the bookstore. And they had a section reserved off for us and for, like, anybody else that just wanted to, like, hang out. And they had a Kentucky Kaiju-themed menu with mixed drinks and bomb-ass and bomb food. Fam, fam, I ain't never been treated that good. That's crazy. That's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. So, and all that because of like you know because this, this, this Kentucky Kaiju book and like folks are really digging it, man. I had folks tweeting at tweeting at me, Justin and and, and Tressa and Facebooking me and, and and Justin and Tressa with pictures of the book and stuff. I'm like, yo, this is wild, B. Yo, like, are you from this experience? Are you taking notes on like how you want to do things in the future? Mm -hmm. In regards yes. to promoting your comic and actually like getting out there, because that sounds like a lot of tactics. I think people need to be be straight up jacking. 
And you mm-hmm. know what, to be quite honest, that doesn't even actually sound that crazy from... I'm thinking, like, damn, I've been to, like, altar talks and bookstores. Mm-hmm. And, like, how come... You know, I don't really see that a lot with comics as we think of comics. I'm, I'm guessing... Raina Telgemeier be up in bookstores all the time. Oh, all the time. Yeah, man. But yeah. you know what I'm saying? Comics don't like to talk. Comics, the game don't like to talk about her, even though she's selling she's selling Lady Gaga numbers and shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that's just something I don't, I don't hear this discussed. Yeah. Even, like, my problem sometimes with comics is the marketing is whack. Oh, the, oh yeah. The, the, the marketing can be extremely problematic. Extremely problematic, you know, and like, doesn't matter whether it's a single issue or trade. Like, sometimes you barely ever hear about it. You know what I mean? And like, and, and it's a problem. Like for me, you know, like with Cash and Carry, it's more of it's more of a thing of it's like, yo, like I know the scope of my publisher. They really trying to out here on this hustle or whatever. But I know I'm going to have to really push to promote the fuck out of this book. And and that's okay because at least at least I have a publisher for it. You know what I mean? And like, I know with Cash and Carry, it's going to be a long game. Like I said, no single issues, just a straight up seventy-two page square bound book, and I'm willing to play the long game, long game on it, and make and build that and build that. You know what I mean? But yeah, man. But with comics, it's just weird how it's weird how like this, like I said, with this with this Kentucky Kaiju book, it's gotten like more more press, more reviews. More press, more reviews, more contacts as far as like you know doing guest posts for blogs and all this other stuff than I've ever had, ever. You know what I mean? You know, and this is, you know, and it's to the point, like I said, I still enjoy comics, but, like, the thing is, it also op- it also opened up my mind to, like, yo, man, why don't I just start writing prose, too? You know, why not, man? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, why not start writing prose, too? So, um, yeah, man, like, it's, so I'm happy, and, like I said, man, the, the turnout for this book has been amazing. Utterly amazing. So, yeah, man, as long as it keeps selling, as long as it keeps selling, you know, we'll, we'll do a sequel, and we might have some, like, you know, some standalone prose books for it. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah, man. Like, who knew? Like, seriously, like, who knew that this book would be the thing that, like, really change how I see how you market a book, how you promote a book, how you reach out to people, and how you can, like, you know, decide, decide, yeah, like, who knew? Who knew? Who knew that this would be the book? Especially that Friday, like, dude, it was like kids and it was adults, you know, men, women, you know, like young girls, young boys, like, yo, it was like, it was just this mad inclusive crowd. 
it was this mad inclusive proud and I, and I was able to say during the discussion that new editions can you stand the rain is one of the greatest slow jams of all time and if anybody disagrees with me they can fight me dang not fight you though <laughs> Okay. Sorry. What if somebody would have actually knuckled up with you? Oh, I'm gonna see then. Oof, that'd have been bad. What if somebody, <laughs> somebody would have said, "Damn, that Sean, anniversary nine minute cut. Let's go outside." Oh, oh. see, bare knuckle. Let's go. <laughs> see that? Okay, that's tough. That's tough. That's tough because that nine minute anniversary is the shit, though. It is shit. It is shit. I can't. I can't even front. Like, I, man, I, man, don't you? Man, I love it. Like when, when, when like um, radio stations that play like R and B and hip hop, and they have the Quiet Fire or the Quiet Storm. Oh yeah. And like, if they play Anniversary, if they like, well, you know, we only supposed to be playing this like two minute fifty seven, uh, fifty seven second version, right? No, we gonna play the nine minute version. We ain't gonna play no other songs. We just gonna let the song ride out, and then we are gonna ride out to commercial. I like when they do it when they don't say nothing. Next minute, you yeah. just listen and be like, hold up. You look at your watch, you be like. This is on low. Oh snap! They <laughs> just lean back further into the to the seat. Be like, yeah. yes, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, man, yeah. So no, man. Like between, like between those two projects with Cash and Care and Kentucky Kaiju, man. I was like, yeah, this just feels really good. It, it really does, and um, and I'm just like said, man. I'm stoked for the future. Like, it gives me it gives me direction. You know what I mean? And, like, it really opens up the possibilities that I have now. You know what I mean? Like, um, because I think that's, like, one of the things that, like, I think a lot of people don't understand, like, as far as this whole creative side and, like, trying to, like, make comics and make and just make stuff, period. You can, like, pigeonhole yourself accidentally. Yeah. And, you know, you can pigeonhole yourself accidentally and not even know it. And, like, yeah, I st- yeah, I want to make comics still. Yeah, sure. You know, but, like, there's a certain way I want to do certain books. You know, but I, I don't mind writing prose. I don't mind writing prose either. Like, like I said, all this, like, these last six months have really changed my whole life, man. Like, ever since, like, ever since all this stuff started to really kind of just pick up, like, I've been asked to, like, you know, write you know, write some comics for like some for some possible anthologies that might be kickstarted by other people next year. Um, you know, I, I wrote Motherless Creatures last year. Like just all this stuff, man. Like and it's really, it's like one of the best things that ever happened to me because I finally woke the fuck up and I just realized, yo, man, only thing that's stopping you is you. Yeah, there's gonna be there, yeah, there's BS in the comic book business, but I'm like, yo, don't ever let that stop you from doing what you want to do. Yeah, man. I guess, yeah, I could, I understand that. I don't know if I got to that point yet, but uh, I totally get that sentiment. Oh no, 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 no! Watching you be successful, like getting these projects out, seems mm, like thank people you. really taking to it. Like I ain't no Kentucky Kai. First of all, as I said before, that joint surprised me. I was like, what? You got, <laughs> Mar- you got what? Kaiju in the in the Kentucky? Yeah, man. Well, dang. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, see, I just didn't want to talk about it to nobody until it was done. I didn't want to tell nobody till it was done. I didn't want to mention it until it was done. Once that book was in the publisher's hands and was like, yo, the book coming out on X date, we're going to do pre-orders here. I was like, let me get on Twitter. Let me get this thread going. And that's, and that's, that's for me, that's when it really, like, really kicked off because it's like, oh, yeah, this is real now. You know, this is officially real. But no, real talk. When you was talking about, you know, sometimes, you know, you, you know, you, you're not in that spot yet where you, where you feel like, you know, yeah, man, let me just go ahead and make what I want to make and let me just go live. There's still moments where, like, I get in that mode 
And I'm just like, because I'll see something, and I'm just like, damn, that kind of looks similar to what what I've been doing, you know? Or like, or I'll see, or like, or we'll see some other stuff that I really don't want to talk about because I want to keep them cats out my mentions. And like, and, and it pulls me, and it pulls me down because I'm just like, damn, this is just some more shark biting shit. But um, but like, I, I, and it puts me in like that really weird place in a really weird state. But I do my best, like, seriously, man. Like, I, I do my best, and I try to pull myself out of it because, like, I just don't like. I just want to make sure that, like, I'm giving myself every opportunity possible to really make some cool ass stuff. And like, regard, regardless of like who do who notices it or not, like I, I do this, I do this for me. I do, the, you know, I do this for me, and and I'm glad to do this, and I'm happy to do this, and I'm proud to do this, you know. And like that's something I, I you know, I couldn't say three or four years ago, you know what I mean? Like I, I couldn't say, man, you know, I'm really proud of stuff I've done, or like, you know, because I just didn't believe, you know what I mean? Like, comic com book business would be delivered daylights out of you, dog, you know. And, you know, and, and being black is hard enough as is. And, you know, so, like, you know, you take that and then compound, you know, the way, you know, how society feels about people of color. Like, you know, that stuff just grinds on you. And then you take into consideration a business like the comic book business that struggles mightily in how they deal with people of color and how they recruit people of color and, like, and the, the weird there's a path, but there's not a path, but there's a path, but we just changed that path. So the princess is in another castle. Sorry. Um, you know, type of process to be in a person of color to get in the comics, especially writing, you know, we're still in the stage where like, there's like a lot of editors and a lot of people who are not people of color who think that we can't write, who think we can't sell books, who think we, you know, that we can't come up with interesting concepts who think if we get a book, we'll just make it all black everything. I'm like, no, man, we here to, we here to make this. We, we just here to make dope books. That's, that's what we're here for. We can create, you know. Every time every time people of color have stepped into something, we have made it better. We changed the NBA. When, when, when like, baseball was, like, 20% black, it was amazing and it was fantastic. Now it's down to, like, 8%, you know. Hopefully the Cubs can win the World Series so people stop whining about that. Um, you know, but whether it be sports, whether it be science, whether it be, you know, whether it be academia, you know, like engineering, technology, all the stuff, like people of color help make everything better. So, you know, but like I said, man, but like there's so many people that like always just like rail against us and try to make excuses as to why we shouldn't be here. So, you know, yeah, we just, you know, yes, there needs to be a seat at the table at these other places. Some some people are trying. Some places are trying. You know, some places efforts I really don't I really don't know if it's really genuine. But like we you know there should be a place at the table over there, and we should still be allowed to create what we want over, you know over on the other side too. I agree with that. Nah, I would agree with it. Some that I don't buy all the genuineness of certain things. Mm-hmm. A lot of it looks suspect when I look at it. Mm-hmm. You'll probably be people listening to this. It's like I know who you talk about. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you look yeah. a suspect. A lot of people look suspect though right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a hot mess. Hot mess. But um, but sidebar real quick. Sidebar. Now, because like you know, normally we like we text about all types of stuff. Like you know, we've been texting about like you know the new MacBooks. We've been texting about like how AT and T and Time Warner. 
been like, um, you know, decided to team up and form Voltron to make an Uber business. And now they're talking about like their own streaming cable service to like, you know, knock at the doors of like these other cable companies and stuff. Yeah, but like, up like, like a Dragon Ball character. <laughs> yes, they, they did. They did the dance and they was like, yo, this joint go hold or no, nah, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. But, um, this this whole thing about Kanye talking about how there there probably won't be a Watch the Throne two because the relationship between him and Jay is soured, and how and how like you know Kanye really wanted Jay to be a mentor and all this other stuff. Here's my thing. Here's like I'm frustrated because like we've reached this point to where every time Kanye says something, like people have to make it public. Yeah, and I guess because he says it in a public space, but I think they over, they overanalyze Kanye. Yeah, yeah, they do. And like I don't like I said, I don't, I, I don't agree with everything Kanye says. You know, and sometimes like I oversupport Kanye. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, but like when I heard that, I'm like, yo, that's you need to talk with Jay about that in private, dog. You need to talk about that, you know, with Jay in private. And I'm, I just, something about that, just like, I was just like, it just comes, sometimes it comes to a point where, like, every time Kanye says something, it's like, Kanye, people are like, Kanye said words. And I'm just like, yo, can we just fall back a bit? Can we just fall back a bit? Can we talk about something else? Yo, it'd be blowing me. But also, I guess, speaking that point, just because he wants to talk to Hove, don't mean he can't talk to Hove. Very true. Very true. It could be a last resort thing. I still think the whole the whole thing when people was like, "Yo, Kanye slammed Jay," I'd be like, "Hold up, Kanye just saying all the bullshit we've been saying about how we don't want to spend twenty dollars for no goddamn title." <laughs> like, real talk. Why are you even gonna jump on the song if you want to then say, "Oh, oh, I don't want to do that." Because I don't want to really, you know what I'm saying, I, I got to side with Meek Mill. Because, yeah, we know. We know you manage Meek Mill. We know he part of Rock Nation management. Mm. We, ain't, we ain't foolish. Then why you even want to jump on the track? You know they beefing. You know better, Hove. You know better. Mm. This that same bullshit you was pulling back when Dane brought fucking Cam in. Mm. You know, the, the whole Dame Cam thing, the whole Dame Cam thing, what got me, what got me with that was is when, uh, didn't like Dame say he was going to let Cam be president of Rockefeller? And that's when Jay was like, nah, no, nah, this ain't going to work. True. Yeah, because it's probably at certain things, Jay-Z clearly had other plans. Like, Biggs went in, he did some time. Jay was was looking way further, or basically probably on not keeping the company, and Dane was probably thinking about keeping the company. Mm. And you know what I'm saying? I don't even want to bring in. It's, it's weird to speculate, but this is what we doing. Like Dane probably lost a, a very poor person in his life. Yeah. He's still running the company. He brought in. He brought in Cam. Cam brought in Jim. You know what I'm saying? That was back when Dipset was called the Taliban. Shit was popping off right. And when you think about it, it's weird to see, like, the falling apart, or if it is a falling apart, of Kanye with Jay-Z. Because back then, Jay-Z didn't even fuck with Kanye. They gave him a shot. Cam gave him a shot. 
Them mm. tall them niggas gave him a shot. Yeah. Mm. And that's probably be eating at him a low. It's weird to see what's going on with Kanye right now because, like, Kid Cudi has his mental issues and he lashed at freaking Kanye. Yeah. And all this stuff. And it's like, is it because of who he chose to marry? Maybe, but I think people need to get over that shit. Like, it's whatever, whatever. Like, a sex tape came out with her. It's not like she had a decision to put the sex tape out. You know what? She flipped it. Her and her family flipped it. They eating now. Like, yeah. we need to get past this shit. It's been, like, over 10 years. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, I don't like I said, man, it's all all this is just strange, you, you know, because it's like, especially when you think about the relationships, like you said, that Jay's had with, with, you know, Dane, with Kanye, and how they always end up on this weird, like, not wall of silence, but it's just like, Jay over there, Dame over there, Kanye over there, Jay over there. You know what I mean? Like it, like it, it hits this peak and then it just ends. You know what I mean? It hits this peak and then it just ends. But Jay's always been about business. You know what I mean? Like he's always been about business. And maybe it was, maybe it's a thing of, you know, like I said, Kanye was like, yo, man, I really wanted this dude to be a mentor. I thought he was a friend. I thought he was a mentor and a friend, and we were cool. And Jay's like, yeah, we cool. But when business is done, it's done. Now, if you want something else from it, you need to tell me. Just don't, just don't assume. I don't know. Like I said, man, it's just, it's just weird because we only hear that one, that one side off of Kanye saying something at a concert. You know what I mean? And we ain't never gonna hear the Jay Z side because he don't talk. No, he don't. No, he, he don't. don't. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna speak on that. But again, even if you go by the whole Jay Z is about business, but we already know that like Kanye puts making, making art. Or make it being creative over business. Mm-hmm. Like, he went into debt making shit. Like, he spent money he didn't have to get into this fashion stuff. Like, he just got out of debt this year. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He rich. So that whole idea of somebody rich being in debt don't even make sense. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. But it's, but it's like, and that's why I could always maybe even over-defend Kanye because... How much debt have we put ourselves in just to put out fucking comics? I don't even want to get started on that, fam. I'm sorry, uh, I'm saying, like, uh, you've gone into debt, I've gone into debt to put stories out because nobody else is going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Like, I, 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 I don't even want to discuss, I don't even want to, like, discuss, like, how much it costs to make Cash and Carry Book 1 and the thing is, is that the money that I put into it, like, if I had a legit budget, what the legit budget should have been for that, and still the money I spent was still a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like, like, so no, no, trust me, I, I, I more than understand. I do, I do. It's, yeah, it's like it's crazy when you think about it. So, if if this is the same dude that's giving up awards that he's gotten, that he feel he ain't deserve. If this the same dude that, like, oh, I want a song, like, I want to sample the song because I think it's that hot, I'm just going to sign the artist and give him a deal and a freaking, like, credits on my album and an advance and go tell Pusha T, like, yo, go, yo, go help this kid go make an album. 
Like he took designer, he took a kid with one hot song that everybody thought was future. Put <laughs> that shit. Put that shit on his album. Mix it together like a random like tape mix on like some nineteen ninety two like where you just mixing shit together. Mm-hmm. And he put that shit in the middle of his fucking album. Cause he just think that shit is hot. Like he put he'll have an album that has like eighty thousand producer on that shit. He's sharing points off his album with every single credit. Yeah. If they have a official credit, they get a they get they get some royalty off of the album. And people ain't thinking about that. So if he's doing all this just like he say I just wanna make some dope song with Drake. My thing is like, of course, you could tell that he kept on going on pop style. Yeah, I don't even know why it's called Go Throne. Other than the fact that Jay-Z said, like, half a bar and he just was gone. Like, mm. if you don't want to get involved, don't even jump on. Even if you think it's hot, don't even jump off. Like, to me, I'm cynical as hell now. Like, it's like when I see shit with Marvel, I'll be like, mm, you doing that for publicity. Like, he's thinking mad steps ahead. But while that may be good, like, I can respect the game. I play chess. Mm-hmm. That don't mean I gotta think that shit is right or ethical. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, it's like the whole lemonade thing. There's a point where we think that he did all this fucked up shit. Then you're like, oh, hold up. Nah, man. Him and Beyonce write Days of Our Lives on, on us right now. <laughs> yeah. We watch the yeah. Dynasty and shit. Like, yes. they was like, oh, you think Empire's dope? We're gonna put this fucking album out. Have you all think about this shit? Like, the fucking stories. Nah, yeah. fam. Nah, fam. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, to the point to where Rachel Royal was like, yeah, I guess I'm Becky with the good hair. You know what I'm saying? It's, to me, it's all a plot. Like, I, I think it's all in <laughs> Like, this shit is better than, like, Vince McMahon need to be like, all right, Jay-Z, just go ahead and write WWF for, like, six months, man. Like, <laughs> like, like you can't make, like, that's too good. Like, it yeah. pulled everybody in on it, and it just made everything better. Like, so, like, we all know you got issues with Drake. And we know you signed Meek Mill to your thing. We also know that you wanted Drake to be part of the title, but he was like, nah, because Apple gave him that 19 milli. Yeah, he got good money for that. Good money. So, like, you're going to use all this shit to your advantage. You got a Drake song or a title that's exclusive because for a while that shit wasn't even on Apple Music. Because mm. you was on it. Then that version ain't even on the album version. So, you know what? I'd be mad if I was Kanye too. It's like I'm gonna have a feature on the Drake album, and that shit now can't be on the Drake album because you spent like a bar and a half. Mm. They ain't playing that version on the radio. They ain't playing mm-hmm. pop style like they woulda. No, no, not at all, not at all. He would be always acting like Kanye's completely in the wrong. Like nah, he'd be saying shit in in, in a not thought out way. Yeah, and and sometimes, and that's really, I think, also another issue is that, like, I think, like, cause sometimes, like, for every one thing Kanye says, I'm like, yeah, you know what, you write about that. He'll then come back right after that because it's like, and and like you said, like, sometimes you speak before you think. Yeah, that's Kanye every day. Yeah, speak before you think, and I'm like, oh, dude, dude, like, I was like, look, I was just here for you. I was just here for you. Now you say, what what, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about right now? You know, but, um, 
but like you know, I, you know, but still, I think I think like folks just overanalyze Kanye too. Like, so there's all this other stuff to talk about. I mean, hell, we talking about him right now because it's like, yeah, we. Just, I always just assumed that him and him and Jay was tight. Yo, I knew him and Jay wasn't the type because you don't never see them together. Mm. Mm. Like, you don't know, they both got kids. And they ain't never really, they ain't, you ain't never seen no paparazzi shot of Blue Ivy with North. Mm. Nah, fam. We all, but it's also there, like, you know Beyonce don't fuck with Kim Kardashian. Oh. True, true, true. You true, know what, true. to be honest, I don't know that many black women that do fuck with Kim Kardashian mm. in real life. Me neither. Me neither. Maybe Black China? No. She hmm. hit the ultimate finesse on that whole family. They can't get rid of her now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yo, yo. Jamal Nichols at New York Comic Con. Somebody came up and asked to do a commission of of Black China in the in the car, screaming in the phone. Are you texting bitches or not? Nah? I almost died. I was like, that's the best commission in the convention. I wish I would have got that shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I was like, why somebody didn't ask me to draw that ratchet shit? I don't know. <laughs> like, where is that shit in comics? That shit is, does not exist. Like, I would love to see it. Like, uh, are you texting bitches or not? Nah? Like, why is that not in the comic book? That deserves to be in the comic book. I don't even care if nobody gets salty that I say it. We can have fucking hillbilly ass, everything else, and other things like that. I, why can't I have full ratchetosity? In my comic books, because that shit is hilarious. Yeah, crazy, crazy. Man, man, like yeah, I always see the. I don't always think about Kanye, but when something brings him up, I can analyze him. Like I fucks with Kanye, I fucks with old Kanye, I fucks with new Kanye. I like, you know what I'm saying? Every era, like some people's like, I like the college dropout, late register. That's fine. Like, like I like every version of Kanye. I got problems with. The Life of Pablo, because I gave that nigga $20, and <laughs> and title pulled that bullshit, like, oh, we ain't gonna give you that say Pablo track. Like, motherfuckers, I paid you money Yo. for an album, fam. Like, there's no deluxe edition, nigga. Like, see, another reason I ain't fucking with Jay, because it's fuck-ass company, man. Like, our <laughs> music don't do me wrong, man. Our music, I get them motherfuckers money, I get my shit. Like, yeah, man, Yo. that shit pissing me off. But no, no, no. The Life of Pablo was like the first album with like mad software updates. Fam, that's like more patches than fucking the Norton <laughs> antivirus. Yo, yo, I was just like, damn. I was like, I man, I ain't seen this many updates since like when like back in the days of Windows ninety eight when you had to like constantly update Direct X. Dude, that shit got a change log. People had to make a site of a change log. Like when you try, let's say if you wanted Jack. If you want Ski Mask Life of Pablo like on the Torrance, there's different versions. They got shit got dates on it. That shit got dates on it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Like, there's a wiki page. Like I said, basically, yeah, there's like a wiki page dedicated to all the versions of, uh, you know, of, of Pablo. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's crazy. Normally, and Normally, an album drops... And, like, say, for instance, if something happens and a song has to be revised, like uh, back in the day, Michael Jackson's from Michael Jackson's His Story, not History, His Story, um, the original version of they don't, they don't Really Care About Us, when he said, Jew me, sue me, everybody do me, and then he changed like, the lyrics. Kick lyric. me, kike me, or whatever. It was kick me, kike me in there, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, and he changed that, too. And he, cha- and he changed that, too, because I remember, like, I had the original version 
and then like I let I let a relative borrow it and I never got it back. So I rebought it like two years later, two or three years later at like a half price books, and it was it was the revised version because you know because they took the old ones off the market and put the new new ones out. But um, but but like with Pablo, jeez, like Pablo's has so many mad revisions, like. I, I just quit trying to like trying to figure it out. I was just like, yo, when it's when it's done, it's done. Although I will say this, this will be the last thing I say about Kanye. Yo, and I know you've probably talked about this on another, another number of other like podcasts you've done, but Father Stretch My Hands has is like one of the dopest beats, and like in like you know the future hook and everything, and the intro is and like the the opening is amazing, and Kanye literally. Has the most wasteful lyrics of all time on that. Fam, fam, the 2016 might be that song might have the greatest one minute and eight seconds of anything in music this year. When that shit starts, that you're the only power, yeah, and that joint goes and then it's like if young met you, don't trust you, I'ma shoot you, and that's just yes. you hear Cuddy. Woo! I'm telling you, ain't no, ain't no man. There's no many songs that get you that type of elation. Yeah. And, and ooh, speaking on that, that's the song that if I hear at the club or if I hear like out at a party, I heard that shit at a party once. And it got to one part of the song because there's so many different versions, right? <laughs> and it was part of a song where I was expecting a certain part, and they had the older version, nigga. I was just out. I was like, mm, no, mm, I'm done. <laughs> I even messed the groove up because there was improvements made to the song, and I'm I'm hearing the old version. You yeah. update your file, bro, bro. Really, <laughs> really, you ain't get that patch. You ain't get that patch update on your on your life of Pablo. You still playing? The old version, version two of Father Stretch My Hands, yeah, part right. one. I'm I'm sickened, and I go sit down. Yes, like this dude has Netscape Navigator. He has not upgraded to Firefox. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm mad. I'm mad. But yeah, that yo, that song right there, yo, and because then there's a, there's the final version is that he brings in the ch- the children's choir into it. Like at the end, of it, he he actually stops rapping and he just and it's just like, ooh, it sounds so good. It's uh, it sounds. So good, mm-hmm. but yeah, they be messing up, fam. They be, mm, they, yeah, yeah, yo, Con, yo, Kanye, yeah, I be, yo, rap music is in such a weird place right now. It is, it really it's so is. So good, but it's in such a weird place. Mm-hmm. I had a debate with my homie about about Young Thug, Jeffrey, about Jeffrey. Cause you know me, I'm like, let the kids have fun, man. Let the kids have fun. You know, I'm up here, it's like, go ahead, let the kids have little yachty. Let Lil Uzi Vert live. Let Kodak Black be Kodak Black. Let's er- let these kids be kids, man. They can they can do whatever they want, man. I don't need I don't need every song sounding like 1995. I went through 1995. Why, why, right? Like, right. mm. why, why, why we want to do the same thing? And we talking about lyrics, and every time somebody bring up lyrics, I'll be like, you remember Dodge Effect? They know what's up. All the girls are with the Birkin bags and the big house. The Mercedes Benz with the tits out. When they hit a jam to turn the lights out, yeah, they know what's up. Well, the girls with the book in the club, with the reading glasses on, getting shook in the club. Reading Tana Hasi Coast, humming Spotty Addy Dope. With the wild, let them drag me here, look in the club. I need a ride home, and I need an iPhone. Charge your hand, your number. Can you put your shit in my phone? Damn, my phone died. Can you put it in my man's phone? Damn, his car.
probably die too. Can you drive my man's home? Where the girls in the club with the black dress? With the big fat booty and the flat chest. Who trying to wear the black dress to my address? I got a bed, no frame, just a mattress. Where the tall girls at? You bad. Where the small girls at? You bad. Where the mid-sized girl? Where the mid-sized girls? Where the mid-sized girls? You bad. Where the girls at? With the credit cards and the high heels. Got Mercedes Benz with the big wheels. When they hit a gym, they can't sit still. Yeah, they know what's going <laughs> Why are you about to make me throw off my headphones? Why are you about to make me? Listen, listen. To this day, you have a you have a valid point. I cannot disagree with the point. I can't. I can't. Like the only difference, the only difference between like dust effects and like say for instance, what we got going right now is, is that say for instance, if the only thing you have is radio, you got too many cats that sound massively alike. True. Massively alike to the point where I'm just like, who is this? Which person is this? Let me pull up Soundhound real quick. Oh, okay, that's so and so. Bet whatever. Um. But like that's that to me that's the big difference between something like like a DOS effects because DOS effects was spitting some nonsense in the nineties. Massive nonsense. And I love DOS effects. I was probably one of the biggest DOS effects stands before the standing was a thing back in the day. Oh my god. That shit was great. Yeah, that shit that was song. fucking great to me. I love that song. Mm-hmm. It hits was on point. But like mm-hmm. like and that's the thing too, is like I don't know what people listen to on radio. I got Spotify, Apple Music, what I got like I was talking right. to my little cousin last night. She's pulling up music to me on YouTube. She's 14. What, what is the radio, B? Yeah. Like, oh, I know. Radio don't matter. Like, not like it used to be. They got a certain part of reach, but overall, they're not everything. And I'm just like, yo, let the, like, let the kids be kids, man. They got melody on lock. And that's something that, like, 90s rap didn't have except for a certain few people. We look mm. back now, just like, yo... Bone Thugs was on or something. Yeah, they were. They were. Like you look back and be like, man, yo, Ja Rule and them songs with Little Mo, he was on or something. Nelly was on or something. Like and you look at it now, it's like, yo, it's based off melody. Like the connections to like older music is there, and these rappers from down south, then maybe the 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 pad the previous artists from you know up north. Focus so much on lyrics and boom bap of the beat that they lost that connection to melody, or they had to pull in melody through mm. the hook. That's mm. why sometimes you think about old songs, you don't even remember the lyrics. You remember the hook because it had some R and B person on it. Yeah. You say, "Oh, that was my joint," but you don't remember the lyrics. You remember that hook. You remember that sample. You think about them old bad boy classics. You don't even sometimes remember the words. You just remember that sample puppy you had them get put on there. Like, yo, mm-hmm. that was my jam. Yeah, because they had the melody. He pulled the melody. These, now these kids are making their own melodies. They don't even need to use nobody else's melody. No, no. They don't no. got a sample. They just making melodies up. It's just dope. And nah, they ain't saying deep stuff neither. But you know what? Let's be honest. It's 2016. Maybe some of the stuff that these kids are going through ain't that deep. <laughs> ain't no yeah, problem right now, fam. Hmm. Not to love. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of other issues, and, and like, and the crack might not be up to the level that it was in the '80s and '90s. Yeah, but um, but there are there are different issues, and there are still other like rappers and MCs out there that are talking about these issues. Though, you know what I mean? It's just that I think the thing is, then, and this was it was kind of like this back in the day too. Like we focused on like five or six acts, and maybe and some clones, and we just focused on that. 
when there's, like I said, there's just this massive, massive, massive amount of great music out there. Like, I got Apple Music. I listen, like, I, I got Apple Music. I just start scrolling through stuff, and, like, it's like, hey, if you like this, try this. If you like this, try that. Like, I found so much, like, R&B, because, like, I, I'm a big fan of R&B, and, like, like, and, like, I don't, it's not, like, I don't really don't have a problem with Trap Soul, you know, because it's just, it's a, it's a thing, you know, but, like, there's, like, so many, quote-unquote, like, talk singers right now and like that's cool but like I only like that to a point like sometimes I really need to know if you can carry this note you know what I mean I feel you you know what I mean I need to know if you can actually carry carry a note like I don't and like I don't mind the whole like whether it be auto-tune or whether you got like the um you know the vox box and stuff like that I don't mind that you know what I mean like I don't but it's just like yo but there's sometimes I'm like I really gotta know if you can sing you know what I mean like um you know, because like, but then again, there's a period of time, like about seven, eight years ago, there was supposed to be a new level. Of, there was supposed to be a new, a new generation of R&B, and like all these cats is going. I ain't, I ain't heard or seen Jay Holiday in forever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Jay Holiday gone. Um, let's see, Avant done disappeared. Um, you know, like, like, and I can't remember all the names right now because I'm completely at a, lo- I'm just completely at a loss for words, but. They just disappeared. You know what I mean? To me, they just com- my bad, my bad. Oh no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, go ahead. Say, I think the rebirth that R and B happened when um in like 2010, 2011, when we got Miguel, we got mm-hmm. we got the weekend, and we got Bruno Mars all hit like at the same time. And then well, then there's a bunch of other artists that's been popping up. There's a lot of uh to me, there's a lot of other hybrid artists like there's a lot of ways yeah. like Drake is an R and B dude. Mm-hmm. He can just he can just rap, like he can just rap. Like before back in the day when you got R and B dudes trying to rap, like when Bobby Brown's trying to rap, yes, like, like DeVoe and and Biv trying to rap, it's just like all right, you you okay, but don't quit your day job, like you just R and B cat. But now we got like R and B cats who can like, like Drake is an R and B cat who can who can actually let's say he can rap. Yes. Not gonna get into the whole thing where he write all the rhymes or not. Don't matter. He can write a song. He can sing a song. He can rap a song. You know. Now we got some of these other cats coming out here. Now we got some of these ladies too coming out too who go back and forth, like the Dreezies and the and uh, there's a couple of ones I can't even think of them all right now. But I'm listening to songs of like, oh they can, oh they can sing a song and they can spit. Like, well damn. Mm-hmm. Like they go back and forth on the track. They'll get, they'll get just as hard. They're like, oh well shit. We just, what a time to be alive! Like this is where we at right now. Yeah, man. Yeah, and not and not only that though, and not only that though, and, I, and I've talked about this with friends and other folks. It's like, yo, thanks to Apple Music, like some of the acts that I grew up with, they're they're making new music. I didn't even know. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, I can listen to these new artists. Oh, and some of my artists from like some of my favorite artists from the '90s have come back around. They they made albums, and some of them are pretty good. So I'm like. Yeah, I got a good right now. You know what I mean? Like, I got a good right now, so like, I can't complain. You know, like I said before, like, I, there are there are still people that are dependent on radio. You know what I mean? Because like, hey, bandwidth costs, True. and so um, and so you know, they just hear those songs, same songs over and over and over again. They hear those same voices over and over and over again, and them clones over and over and over again. You know, like I just you know, but I know there's options. Like I said, like yo, I, I I get music off. I listen to music off of YouTube too. Like, like real talk. There are times where like I'd be so busy, and Julian will like the Julian. You will, you will literally shoot me a text message of like, and it's like it's not, and it's a Apple Music link. He's like, yo, have you heard this? 
And I was listening to it. I'm like, damn, Julian just got me up to something else. You know, and like that's how easy that's how easy it can be to share music now. Like I should like and that's how I share music with my younger brother. Yeah. You know, like so think good. of yeah, it's like it's all like so like technology like we've had all these advances and like we could do all this stuff now. So like I said, like radio, like I said it's not that big of a deal to me anymore. But like these these services are fantastic. I just hope that with these streaming services, these artists start to get paid because like. You know, this, like, the royalty stuff, that, like, really bugs me. Like, I'm glad Drake got his 19 milli, you know, but, like, ain't everybody eating like that. Hey, man, the labels won. Like, we we took all this time, spending time about, like, oh, my God, don't download music. You're robbing the artists. You're doing this, that, and the third. All in the same time, tech people started making up these joints. And the labels came in and made these terrible contracts that benefit them. Don't benefit the tech companies usually. Besides to say people who got the, the the weight to bully their back, like I don't know, Apple or Google or Amazon mm-hmm. and all the creatives get robbed in the process. They the ones eating. Sorry, once I saw that somebody getting a two million a week and people might act like that's not a lot of money, that's a lot of money. It is. That's seven days. Sony Music is getting two million. They're not talking mm. about Universal. They ain't talking about Warner Music. They ain't talking about all the other labels. How much they're getting per week from the streams. Mm. So, so somebody, somebody eating. Not everybody ain't eating, but somebody eating. Somebody eating. Somebody eating. And one day, one day, people gonna stop blaming everybody, and it's really turned. It's always been the labels. The labels always been crooks. Mm. Don't matter what era you in, the labels always been crooks. Yeah, that's the label's job. Like, come on, man. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Music is well, music is a good place. Also, all the people talk about that rap ain't got no lyrics. That means they clearly not listen to any rap music from from the West Coast because basically everything they're asking for is just coming out of L.A. in the Bay. Like, mm-hmm. you listen to like Vince Stables lyrics, Kendrick Lamar lyrics, yes. like Tyler created. You may not like. What he's saying, but his mm-hmm. bars are on point. Earl Sweatshirt, bars. Like, they got folks coming out, like, YG, bars. Like, everybody isn't, got hard bars. Oh. Isn't Casey Veggie still dropping stuff? Yep. Everybody got bars out there. They be rapping. Mm-hmm. Making me want to just live on the beach. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Chill, mm-hmm. man. Shit's crazy. If I don't call you. I ain't trying to be on your street, even though I'm on your street. If I ignore you, don't take it as me being rude. It's just that I had things to do. Something to say, and I ain't want you reading it anyway. Girl, you need to relax. You know, I've worked with you the long way, so you don't have to call every day. Just call me a little, just call me a little bit. Check up on you. Just call me a little, just call me a little bit. It was just a little. 
since we did this nice little tangent on music, though. Yeah. Let's get back. Okay. To, okay. To, to the uh, to to your stuff. So like soon in November, you signed a whole new Kickstarter. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going back to Kickstarter. Um, I got a joint drop in. It's called Force, and it's an acronym for football football operations rated championship elite um doing sports comics it's a football comic um the kickstarter is for the first issue or first you know first issue of force um which was a uh, written um created by me uh co-written by yours truly and a brother by the name of b alex thompson and featuring the artwork of jay reed who's also a co-creator on the book no that's a nice looking book the little preview you sent me Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. It's good. It has a lot of good movement. Anatomy is straight. Feels like football. Yo, man, I hope uh, I hope people is ready for this. I hope they support this because yeah, like America is football. Yeah, we're going through a weird, a weird time with football right now too. With at least professional football and and really college football, if you really think about it, we're going through like a really weird phase with that as well. And by weird, I just mean like, hey, man, folks, folks are questioning stuff now. And like a lot of people don't like the fact that things are being questioned on both sides, on both sides, the college side and the pro side. Yeah, man. Um, you know, but like um, for me, this is something that's actually been in the works for like a mad long time. Like I've always wanted to do sports comics. Like the biggest problem I've always had with um, with you know American comics is, is that like yo, I know like the market is Marvel DC. That's the primary market, you know. I mean, that, I mean, those are the like when you look at the market shares, they're the two biggest. You know, Boom is making a stake, IDW is making a stake. Um, you know, Image has a stake as well, a good stake at that. But there aren't a lot. There are next to no sports comics. Period. You know, and um, there might be some graphic novels out there somewhere. There's manga. There's plenty of manga, and um, there's plenty of sports manga. Like I like I grew up like reading. Um, Oh, what was it called? What was it called uh, sh- the basketball joint? Slam, with dunk. The, slam dunk. Yes, you know, reading Slam Dunk and reading like Ice Shield Twenty One, which was like a dope football manga comic too. It was dope. It was fantastic. I really, uh, really dug Ice Shield Twenty One. So crazy that they have f- American football comics in Japan. We don't ever hear about them actually playing American football. Right, right, right. Exactly. Yeah, in Japan, it's it's just so weird. Oh, did you hear though? But like over in China though, China got an arena football league now, fam. What? Oh, yes, yes. And his brothers playing over. Brothers playing over there too. Oh, they getting that paper. They was following Starbury. <laughs> Yo, and they and they clowning. Yo, man, when they be scoring touchdowns, man, they act a fool. Like, um, like you could probably Google, like, you know, uh, China Arena Football League celebrations. There was a brother that scored a touchdown, and I forget what team it is. He took, and he had the ball, he was in the end zone, and then, like, he, like, body slammed the football, and he told this dude to hurry up and run over, and dude ran over, slid, and did, like, the count one, two, three. Yo, they clowning over there, fam. You know, he's out in these streets wilding. <laughs> but, um, but no, but like I've been wanting seriously, I've been wanting to do a, like a sports comic for a long time, and I wanted to do a football comic. Like, um, like, like basketball was the first sport that like I ever truly, purely loved, and I still do. Like the NBA is hotter than ever right now, and I'm a big college basketball fan. But it was like in 1987 
like I was like a, I was a collector card freak. You know what I mean? Like um, whether it be like um, was basketball, like you know, like I could find some basketball cards every now and then because like Fleer was really starting to kick off mm-hmm. basketball cards again at the time because he was the only ones really doing it. Um, and, like baseball cards, I was into baseball cards because I had friends that was into baseball cards. And and also like you had like all those like different uh, movie cards like movie trading cards TV show trading cards and I was just about that life. And then like I was starting to watch football like in '87. I was watching football and that was like the strike season, so like it was a short season. But I remember getting a, a packet a pack of like um, 1987 tops football cards. And the first pack first pack I ever I ever bought had a Randall Cunningham rookie card in it. And like, and like, I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, we play quarterback." Mm-hmm. Oh snap! Oh snap! And then, like, you know, and then I found out about Warren Moon. I was like, "Oh snap!" And, you know, like, and this was before Houston was like good. Like '87, they started to kind of take off a little bit. But like, in in like '87, like the Eagles, who have been bad for like a good period of time, it was about to get back on the uptick. So like, I started to learn the game of football through all the quarterbacks. Period. Whether it be Joe Montana, uh, Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon. Um, Steve Young, uh, Elway, like all them cats from that from that period. That's like when I really just got obsessed with football and football cards. And so, like, and fast forward, football's been football's been with me ever since. Well, you know, whether it be like said college football, pro football, fantasy football, all of that. But um, in doing comics for like the longest time, I was just like, man, why? How come nobody's really doing sports comics? I know there's like Southern Bastards, but like football and Southern Bastards is only a small piece of it. You know, like the story is deeper than the story is, you know, completely. That's a completely different thing. But I was like, man, we just need some straight up sports comics. Like back in the day, back in the day, like way, way back in the day before, you know, before we was like really like out here doing the thing. There was like sports comics like in the 60s and like early 70s. But like that all went away. And I was like, man, I want to do a sports comic. So last like last year, um, last year I, I was working out a deal to uh, secure some funding to do force and um and I was talking with Jay Reed. Jay Reed did a pinup in the original Cash and Carry Kickstarter single issue comic. And I seen Jay Reed's artwork on like Facebook and Twitter and I was like, dude, this dude is dope. How come nobody's working with this dude? And I knew and I knew like I found out later he did like some indie books which were kinda cool. And I was like, yo, this this dude needs this dude like how come ain't nobody really hired this dude yet? So I was like, "Yo, can you do this pinup?" And I, you know, I gave him some bread. He did the pinup, and it was cool. And he gave me he gave me two pinups. I was like, "Oh, bet." So uh, and when one of them became a variant cover for like the single issue Cash and Carry Kickstarter comic. And so we was talking one day, and we was talking about and he was talking about football and stuff. And I was just like, "Yo, man!" I was like, "Why don't we do a football joint?" So he just started shooting like concept artwork over to me. I was like, "Okay, okay, bet. This is cool. This is cool." And so we started developing a story, and um. We started developing the story. Then I brought on B. Alex Thompson because, like, like this dude, like, has been independently making comics for, like, years. And um, and so I was just like, yo, I was like, yo, I want to see what you can do with me on this book. I want to see what you can do. I was like, yo, I'm like, you know, I'll take care of all the football action. Give me all the football action. I was like, but I want you to concentrate on these storylines in the book. Because sometimes, like, you know, with making comics, sometimes, like, you know, it's about giving people opportunities. And I want to give that brother an opportunity. So I was like, cool. I was like, let's do this. And so, like I said, we secured funding. Everything was, like, going in the right direction, and then the funding completely dropped out. Damn. So we put the book on hold. We put we put the book on hold. And um, and it was um, while I was getting cash and carry together, 
and like spending like the last the last bit of my money on cash and carry and, just, and like I was just like hmm I got a couple of dollars in the bank right now let me get a sandwich <laughs> and uh <laughs> And like I started talking with Jay, and we were just like, "Yo, man, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do with Force? Like, Force looks really, you know, Force could do something. Like, you know, because like there's a there's an audience of people that don't really, okay, it can reach like a multitude of audiences. It can reach the audiences of folks that don't that like that are in comics that like comics, but don't like don't care for sports, but would but would like to read it. And I've had a lot of cast. Like at conventions when I would show them force, like you know, show them like you know conceptual artwork stuff like that. They was like, "Yo, I really don't fuck with football, but I want to read this." Hmm. You know what I mean? And like, and that, and I've met a lot of people like this. Like, yo, I really don't watch sports, but I would love to read about this. I would like to read about sports. I would like to read about sports comics. I was like, okay, bet that's one audience right there. And then there's the audience that yo, they love sports, but they don't know that comics just ain't capes and tights. You know what I mean, and so that's another audience I can reach. So then there's like a multitude of audiences that I that that we can that we can reach with this book. So I was like, yo, I was wrapping up Cash and Carry, like you know, getting it sent out to Action Lab, you know, so they could you know get it ready for print. And I was like, hey man, why don't we do a Kickstarter for this joint? And he was like, okay, bet. So let's do a Kickstarter. So you know, I wrote to B. Alex Thompson, and I got Jay in on the loop. I was like, yo, we're gonna do a Kickstarter for this. So basically, what Force is, because we've been talking about it. Force is a, a comic. It's about it's, it's a fictional football league, and the league is called Force. Like I said before, football operations rated championship elite. They are in they're in a world where they're you know the NFL technically still exists. There are like other rival leagues. Like um, imagine if the USFL from like back in the eighties was still here today. Um, that was a short lived football league um, that um, almost like severely damaged the NFL. But cats got greedy, and not the players, but owners, and they expanded too fast. Things fell apart. They were a spring football league. They weren't even a fall football league, and things fell apart. And Donald, you know, you know, Orange Dude, Orange Dude was one of the dudes that helped collapse it. Anyway, <laughs> um, so like, um, you know, this is a league that exists like with other sports, other professional sports leagues, but it's you know, it's it's maintained, and like you know, and they have their own like little part of the market. But the team that it focuses on is a team called the Tennessee Boxers. Tennessee Boxers are led by a quarterback by the name of Terrence Wright. Terrence Wright's like 32 years old. He's an aging veteran. He's had some injuries. And they are playing in the championship game, which is called the Supreme Bowl. Uh, Supreme Bowl 27. And, um, and for him, this is his shot for that last big payday. So, like, if they win this game and he has a great game, you know, he's hoping, like, yo, I'm going to get this nice contract from Tennessee, and I can ride off into the sunset, play a few more years, but get this good money, you know, for what it's worth for this league, and I'm good, you know, because I can't go nowhere else. I'm too old. I'm too old to go play in another league. You know, I'm too old to go play in another league, and I don't want to sit on the bench in another league. Here, I'm good. Let You know, people know me. I'm good here. So let me get this last big payday here. But um, it's not just about the championship game. They're playing, they're playing a team called the San Antonio Skyhawks. But it's not just about that game. It's also about these other things within Terrence's relationship to football. Um, he has an agent by the name of Alex Jordan who also manages a client that's the rookie backup quarterback. And it's a kid by the name of Xavier Bellows. And as you read the comic... 
you know, you're at the Supreme Bowl, you're watching, you know, like, you know, you're reading the game, stuff that's going on in the game, but then you get flashbacks to, like, stuff that was going on the week before. So, like, say, for instance, like, things for Terrence, like, aren't the best right now. Like, um, there's a situation where he's about to buy an engagement ring for his girlfriend, and his girlfriend is like the um, is like the CEO of the Tennessee Boxers. Her father is the owner, and so uh, but like she's like chief operating officer. So she's like CEO. She's chief operating officer slash GM type thing. But her father owns the team. But like they have a relationship together. They're kind of like the Jay and Beyonce of like that of football, okay. in other words. But like he's about to buy this ring, and like I said, his money's good. But still, you know, you still you want you know if you go and buy a Kobe ring. Like Kobe, like Kobe bought Vanessa like all them years money. ago. You need more money. You need more money. And so, like, um, his agent was supposed to get him like these deals. These deals keep falling through. Um, and then, like, there's, like, the signing event the week before the game. And, you know, at this, like, shop. But, like, everybody is, like, you know, going to see Xavier Bellows. But nobody's seeing, like, you know, nobody's seeing Terrence. You know what I mean? And, like, Alex is in this weird spot because he represents both dudes. He represents the future and possibly the past. But, like, Terrence is like, yo, man, you're supposed to be taking care of me, too. So you have that situation between Terrence and his agent. You have the situation between Terrence and this rookie quarterback by the name of Xavier Bellows. You also have the relationship between Terrence and the COO slash girlfriend, um, Cassandra Knox, you know. And so it's not just about football. Football is at the, at, the, at the heart of it, but it's also about these relationships and how these relationships can affect your future, you know, not just from a business aspect, but from a personal aspect as well. And, and that's what we want to bring to the table with this book, the Kickstarters for, like, the first issue. But what we're going to do is this. Um, like, you know, we're trying to raise, like, about probably, like, about $4,000, okay? And, like, that money's going to Jay. And that money's also going to get books printed. And that money's also going for, like, you know, for, for like, you know, some of the reward stuff we're doing with reward tiers. Because we want to do different stuff. We want to do, like, some, like, dope T-shirts. We want to do mini, mini helmets. Like, those mini helmets that you'd be getting at, <clears throat> that you get at the sports stores with your favorite squad on them. We're going to have mini helmets. And um, T-shirts, mini helmets, uh, commissions, um, variant covers. We got two dope variant covers. One by Adrian Johnson. Uh, for those that know Adrian Johnson, Adrian Johnson was part of that dope sidebar podcast. He also has he also has his own podcast. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's like the Artist Workshop or um, oh, what is it? Hold on, no, Artist Proof. Artist Proof with Adrian Johnson. Artist Proof. Um, artist Proof with Adrian Johnson. He's a hell of an artist. He's working, like, he's got a, a dope variant cover. Um, then there's a brother by the name of George Gant. I followed George Gant for a few years on Facebook, and we've had a couple conversations, and we finally met face-to-face at C2E2 this year. And, like, I was telling him about, like, you know, Force, the things I was trying to do with it at the time. He's like, yo, man, he's like, I like to be involved with that. And he does, like, a lot of video game art, but he also does, like, you know, all, he does all types of art. But his video game, like, you know, fan art is really dope. And I was like, yo, I was like, can you give me a variant cover? Let's do Force, but let's make it look like a make it look like a Madden video game. Let's do let's like let's let's recreate a Madden video cover. Let's create a Madden video cover. He was like, bet I got you. So there we go. So you know, so we got like a couple different variant covers. We got the main cover by 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 Jay Reed. Like I said, we're going to t-shirts, we're going to mini helmets. If things go well, we might have like one like one tier with a actual full size helmet. Tennessee boxers helmet, um, 
you know, we're just doing all types of stuff. Like, I know there's a reward tier where, like, I'm going to give, you know, some of my time to, like, evaluate. Like, say, for instance, like, if there's somebody that wants to get into comics or has questions about comics or if they want me to evaluate their scripts or whatnot or or give a, um, you know, whatnot, you know, I'm willing to, like, give my time for that if the people are willing to pledge for it. But the goal is is to raise, you know, like, about $4,000 for the first issue. But, like, if people, anybody who pledges to like a print copy and then if you get the print copy you also get the digital too but anybody that that pledges to the print copy will be part of the stretch goal rewards like after like you know like like say for instance like um once we hit a certain number there's going to be stretch goals where if you've pledged for like the print copy which comes with digital we're trying to also through the stretch goals raise more money for the other issues so, um, you know, so like, cause for me, like, yeah, I could try to put out there. Yeah, man, we just, we, we want X amount of thousands of dollars. Just give us, just give us this instead of that. You know what? Let's see how far this can go. Because like, for me, it's the thing of, it's like, yo, I know that I have somewhat of a following. I know that like, you know, people will, you know, some people will ride, but like, I'm still not at that stage where I can say, yo, um, you know, 12,000, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I know cash and carry got over nine last year. You know, and that was thanks, thanks to, like, a lot of people, once again, including T. Vixen Franklin, who came in and, like, really made a big push with their social media skills to help boost the numbers on that joint, you know. But um, I, I still feel like I'm not at that point where I can just put 12000 as a goal and be like, you know, here you go. But instead, what I'm going to do is if you pledge for, uh, if you make a pledge for, like, the print copy of the book, minimum, like, that's the minimum, the print copy, um, if we hit, like, X amount of stretch goals, you'll get the digital, like additional digital issues for free. And that includes like issues two, three, um, also um, a digital copy of like the art of force and um, a possible epilogue issue too. Hmm. Yeah. So like, cause like I said, there's, there's ways to do this. And like, the thing is, is and also it's like, yo, we, we give them like this dope, like print issue that's exclusive. It's one of a kind that like you'll never see again you know what i mean like even once you know once the book you know gets the gets a publisher and it, you know and it goes out there into the world but i want to make sure like if we raise x amount of dough and we raise way more than our intended goal yeah here's for the people here's that digital second issue here's that digital final chapter here's that digital here's that digital art of force book here's another digital goodie but we just got to hit we got to hit them stretch goals and I just want to see, I want to see how far it goes, because I think the thing is, is that with all the different types of audiences that we can attract with this book, we should be able to way surpass our goal. And I hope so. I hope, I hope some other type of places pick up on it. Because I still mm-hmm. don't understand why sports comics ain't a thing in the United States. We love sports. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But like, we, we are massively obsessive about sports. Massively. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so, <laughs> you know, like, there's all types of sports comics I want to do. And I've got and I've got a couple other ones, like, lined up after Force that I want to do. Like, um, you know, for me, you know, you just get paranoid. And it's just like, yo, I got these other sports comics I want to do. And, like, you don't want to talk about them because then you just want somebody to come up with this. You know, you see something like a, like a month later. It's like, dang, I was going to do that. You know, or that's kind of similar to what I was doing. You just get paranoid. So, um, but like, I, I really think we can make we can make our mark with force, and it's up to me to also get it out to the people that don't normally get to see this stuff. And I'm talking about all the sports people. I'm talking about all the sports commentators. I'm talking about like all, all the sports journalists. I gotta get it. I gotta get it 
to them too. Yeah, you do. Maybe you can pass it to the undefeated or something. Maybe they'll give it a look. Yeah, yeah, I really want to get into the undefeated. I do. More than you know. Like, man, I fucks with the undefeated. I love their website. No, it's, it's serious. I don't read as much as some people do, but when I read it, it's good. Yes, I, I'm down with the undefeated website. Down with that. Like, um... Like who knew that like like ESPN and Disney was like yeah man we're gonna expand on this we're gonna expand on this joint like it's it's dope because like they just don't talk about sports they talk about everything yeah yeah it is it covers every it covers everything it's after reading the whole history of this site and now the fact that it's out and they got it's all together you know that joint is a jump off yeah it is it's a mad jump off it's a mad jump off so yeah man yeah but no it's Straight up, like um, for the for for the Force Kickstarter, like you can get the digital copy for four bucks. So like four dollars gets you a digital copy, and like we'll probably do some like early bird re- early bird rewards, and those will be limited. So just to get people enticed to come and like you know you know give some bread. But um, but yeah, Kickstarter like officially starts like November 11th, and um, yeah, it starts November 11th, and I'm gonna run it for 40 days. I know everybody's like, you need to run it for 30. That's how you're supposed to do. You're supposed to run it. No, 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 fam. I run it for 40 because, once again, I'm reaching target audiences that normally don't get talked to. Same thing I did with Cash and Carry last year because Cash and Carry just wasn't about comics. It was about reaching an audience that doesn't get talked to. And sometimes you need extra time. That's right. You're damn straight. You damn straight. So, so yeah, man. Yeah, this is the last like since September, man. I've been on this grind, and who would have known that it would have been like this? Hey, man. I don't know, man. I guess it looks like things are actually playing off. Yeah, yeah, man. And and I and that's, what, and that's what I'm hoping for too. And like my whole thing is that like I'm in this I'm in this phase of my life now where I just realize, man, yo, I just. I just want to. I just want to make dope stuff, man. Doesn't matter if it's a comic. Doesn't matter if it's a short film. You know anything. I just want to make dope stuff, and like, and like this isn't like the next step to breaking in. I'm not worried about that no more. I'm not worried about that no more. Like I'm for real. Like it doesn't. It, it doesn't bother me at all. Like there's sometimes I'll see some stuff that like you know so and so X book is dropping like or so and so got like this licensed property and I'm just like, damn, it'd have been cool to get a hold of that. You know, because I know we could have made it dope. But I just like, no, nah, man. I'm just going to like say, man, I'm just going to do me. I'll make dope stuff. And if these folks want to come for me, come come to me later. Like, yo, man, we want to work with you. You know, their money better be right. Paper better be popping. <laughs> exactly. 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 So, you know, the best thing, like for me, the best thing I can do for myself is just to keep making stuff. And maybe there might be a seat at the table, you know, over on the other side for me one day. But the thing is, is that like, I'm not going to sit here and wait for it. I'm going to go over here and do my thing and, like, just, like I said, man, I'm just going to make, make the hottest stuff possible. That's all you should do. Yeah, man.
got any plans for cons you might do yet next year? Uh, oh, yes, yes. Like um, next year, this next year begins the on year off year tour. So like, so 2017, I'm gonna try to do like five shows, and then in 2018, I'm not doing no shows unless I get invited. Because the thing is, is that like, yo, this convention game for those that don't get invited to shows, yo, this is money. Like it costs money, it blood of bread, and like, and the thing is, for me, I'm not an artist, so like, I can't do commissions or have prints or stuff like that. So for me, I got to sell these books. Now I'm in a place though, but now I'm in a place though where I have books that are like you know, ten bucks, fifteen bucks. So I'm not trying like I don't like because it's hard to sell like. Okay, here's an example. Let's say you do C2E2. Your table's four twenty five. Okay, if you get accepted in the C2E2, your table's four hundred twenty five dollars. Now let's say that you don't have a place to stay. You don't. You're not staying with a friend or family. You know, around Chi Town. Okay, so that's more money. So like you know, so you want to be relatively close because you don't want to do all that driving back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So now, depending on the price of the hotel, which might be like about one seventy a night, you did three or four nights. Now you're looking at about like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars, right? So that's that's. So now, now that's one thousand two hundred. Now, now, granted, if you buck with some people, you buck with some people, you're gonna save some money. So, but let's just say you don't. So that's one thousand two hundred dollars. Okay. So now that's hotel. And that's show. That's the stable cost. We ain't talked about gas yet. We ain't talked about food yet. We ain't talked about expenditures because you might see something like, damn, I really want that. Let me let me cop that. You know, you might stop by some people's tables and be like, yo, let me check out your artwork. Let me buy this book. You know, because you might want to do some scouting. So you might end up being like 1500 in a hole. So, and at, and at conventions, like I said before, you know, I'm, I'm a writer-creator. I'm not an artist. So... Like, I can't sell, like, $403 dollars books. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like those days at shows don't really exist no more. They haven't for, like, the longest time. But, so now it's the thing. is like, well, okay, this gets in, in front of a lot of people's eyes. Let me, just, let me just work on getting table money back. But, see, once again, you're operating at a loss. So, um, so I just figured if I have to do that, let me do one year on tour one year off tour and on the off year if I get invited to a show yeah I'll go cool if that means I gotta pay but if they'll pay for my table and I gotta pay for a hotel okay that's fine I don't care you know what I mean like that ain't gonna bother me cause you've cut half my cost already yeah you know I'm not worried about that but I'll do on year off year and on that off year I go make more comics and come back on my own year do some shows but no this is what I'm doing I got accepted into Emerald City Emerald <clears throat> I got accepted to Emerald City Comic Con woohoo <laughs> Yes, so I will be making my way out to Seattle um, March 2017. I will be there, and I'm excited about that. Like, um, you know, like I've already started adding up all the costs. I'm a little nervous, but um, I can't wait because this is the first time I've ever been to Seattle. It's the first time I've ever done this show. So there's that show. So there's Emerald City Comic Con. I turned in my application for C2E2 in, in Chicago. Um, let's see what else is there. There is a uh, oh snap! I'm doing Gem City Comic Con, which is in Dayton, Ohio. Um, that's near like my old my old stopping grounds, so I'm doing that one too. Um, I might I might do Lexington Comic and Toy Con. I'm not sure. I normally do that show every year, whether it's for me or whether I'm representing for like Martheus. 
Um, let's see here. Let's see. Here. Oh, there we go. Spreadsheet. Spreadsheets are awesome. Right now, here's the deal. Emerald City Comic Con, possibly Lexington, um, the Lexington Comic and Toy Convention, Gem City Comic Con in Dayton, Ohio, C2E2 in Chicago if my application gets accepted, Heroes Con in North Carolina um, in June. And so that's like four or five shows. Those shows total in table costs over thirteen hundred dollars. That's a lot. That's a lot of money, and that's what I'm saying. And like, and it's and it's expensive. It is expensive to do these shows. And and like I said, if you're not an artist, you really have to like gauge the pros and cons on whether this is a good idea for you to do. You know, but like I said, I try to like use as many forms as possible, many forms as possible to get books in front of eyes, whether it be social media, whether it be conventions and like, you know, and all other types of venues. But like, um, I can't keep doing these shows. I can't keep doing these shows every year, man. It's just impossible. It's too much. It's just way too much. It's, it's, it's way, way too much, especially way too much. Like I'd rather like do shows like every other year, making these, making these dope books and getting them in front of people rather than, Constantly being at these shows every single year, putting myself deeper and deeper in a hole in the hopes of a pipe dream of working on a book that working on a book by a publisher that may not pay anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, so, so like, I gotta, I gotta be smart about this. I gotta be, I gotta be smart about this. And so for me, this works better for me. And that's the plan. But yeah, 2017, that's what we're looking at. Emerald City Comic Con, Gem City Comic Con, C2E2 Heroes, um, C2, C2E2 Heroes Con, and possibly uh, Lexington Comic and Toy Convention for sure. So yeah, man. So, so like about five shows. Weird. You know what? Next year, I don't know if I'm doing any shows. Fan fam, to be honest with you. I don't blame you if you don't. I don't. Like, I really don't. The only reason why I'm doing shows next year is because, like, Kentucky Kaiju dropped in October. Cash and Carry drops in November. And, like, the Kickstarter for, like, like and by the time the Kickstarter ends for the first issue of Force, that'll be early next year. So there's, like, a slew. There's, like, people haven't even seen these books yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, you might have some books some time for Emerald City, some forces by then, right? Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, please believe them. Bust, we're going to bust our asses to do so. So, um, so like, I got three books. So I got, like, three books and possibly some uh, some mini-comics next year around that time to show folks. So let me do that next year. You got to move that dope. You ain't lying. Move that dope. <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, man, that's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. Where, you know what the only con I want to go to? The only con I want to try to get into to sell comics at? Which one? Complex Con. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I saw, I saw that. I, I saw the convention. You, you sent me the link for it. I started looking at it, and I was just like, damn. I was like, how can I get, how can I be down? How can I get in there? Not only that, though, yo, did you hear about Mondo Con? Nah, what's that about? Where that at? Yo, Mondo Con, you know, because, like, you know the, the Mondo posters, right? Yes. They got their own convention now, fam. Mm. Mm. They got their own convention. Seriously, no lie. They got their own convention now. And, like, you know, so, like, they got some of the artists that they have done, like, those Mondo posters. And But, like, they also, like, here's what it says right here. MondoCon is a celebration of everything we love, including movies, art, comics, music, toys, and food. It's a weekend curated with our fans in mind, featuring incredible artists and creators from around the world, panels, screenings, food trucks, and interactive events. This is the third annual MondoCon, and we can't wait for you guys to see what we have planned. Where is that at? 
That is in, let's see, I'm looking right now. Austin, Texas. Word. Yeah, see? You know, like it's like because like for me it's like that's nothing to it's not about all it's like cause sometimes you gotta like you you have to break out of the standard comic book convention, and there are these other conventions that like um and I forget what they're called and I'm so mad at myself because like I was planning to go to some in 2015, but literally they're conventions where you have like um all these different companies that you can just pitch your stuff to. And it's not even comic book publishers. I'm talking about businesses, cats that make toys, you know, studios that make cartoons and things like that. Like, I want to go to those conventions. Yeah, man, get in front of some people. That sounds, yeah. Yeah, I just forget what they're called. Like, my homie Will, well, my homie Will had told me about them, and I had them on my list, and I completely forgot about these shows. So I've been trying to find them. That's not like, yeah. Like, so they... I think I might end up doing local shows, local to DC. Like I might do Awesome Con. I might do. I might try to get an SVX, and I'll probably try to do Baltimore again. But yeah, real talk. If I don't end up in any of them, oh well. I got the internet. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I would, I would love, to, I would love to go to SPX. I would love to be a part of SPX. You know, because like I heard it, like yo, it's like. Mad inclusive, you know what I mean? Like buying books out there. I sold the most issues of ants at one convention there. I sold a game. I sold like a fifth of like what I had this year. At yeah, one, one two day show. So it's not like I had a lot of books, but still, like, but still, it's it, it's something though. And then you know what I mean? It's something though. And like I said, I would love, I would absolutely love to be be a part of SPX, man, but I don't know if I can get through that lottery process, fam. Yo, me either. Me either. You know. But lo and behold, if I do decide to do a show that's not local, I will try to do Complex Con and see if they will be open to have somebody selling comics in that hype beast field event. If they do a second one next year, I'll go to mm-hmm. Long Beach, eat some, eat some Roscoe's, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, man. Yeah, I got it. It just makes sense. Like I said, it's just, and that's the biggest problem I've always had with like a lot of comic stuff is just like, yo, they're they're just content to like staying in this small bubble. And I'm like, yo, I want this everywhere. You know, because like if it's just in that small bubble, people don't even know. It, people may not even know that it exists. You know what I mean? You know, like I, I need, I need to, see, I need people to see this everywhere because the more people see it, the better it's going to be for everybody involved in the book, and the more possibilities for you know, and then and the more, and then that just sorry, the more people see the book, the more possibilities there are for the future. True. You know, and that's what I'm about. Like you know, that's what I'm about, I'm about that future because, like I said before, like you know, like we're in, we're in an interesting spot. Like we're in a we're in a spot in our lives where we, yes we maintain nine to fives, and that that it enables us to like you know be able to pay our bills. That enables us to have health care, and it puts us like in a spot where like you know like we're okay. You know what I mean? Like we're you know we are right. Like because people are like, man, why don't you just like you know quit your job and go freelance? And I'm like, you want to pay my debts? That sounds that, yeah I don't yeah I don't like that man. Yeah no I'm like no do you want to pay my debts? Do you want do you want to pay my pay for my health care stuff? You know, because I like taking care of myself. You know, my health is very important to me. You know, and I'm like, y'all can't help me with that. So let me let me keep this nine to five so I can pay my bills and live. 
but yo, but like I want to get these projects in front of more eyes. So yeah, I can I can use Kickstarter. I can use Kickstarter. So that way the crew gets the crew gets taken care of. These like you know these these pledges get taken care of. These rewards get taken care of. You know, and like and for me this is like says Kickstarter number three. You know, and once again like on that quote unquote editor checklist that like a lot of some of these publishers may have. They're like yo man, well have you done this? Have you done that? Yo, I'm about to do number three, fam. You know, I'm about to do number three, and it should be hopefully be even more successful than the second, and even more successful than the first. You know, so like all these things that's on my checklist, I keep I, I've checked them all off, fam. Hey man, you got you got a CV, B. <laughs> yes, I too. Yes, I too. You know, so yeah, man. Like I said, man, I'm just gonna do me. Man, that's all we gotta do. I think that's a good place to end this one. Word. <laughs>